Hi there, I'm Tony Reese, and welcome to another episode of Humanized Profit. Today, Dan Hoke is joining me, and Dan is the Director of Business Development for the Doubletree by Hilton Redding. Hi, Dan. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I know, it could be anywhere in the world right now. <laughs> Dan, today we're talking about standards of excellence. Every business has these standards, but they tend to be directives opposed to engaging the right people to define what those standards should be. And you're going to tell me a story about that, correct? I am going to tell you a story about that. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, standards of excellence, as you said, are often start on a piece of paper and become a directive or something that's handed out. And this is how we're supposed to act. This is the policy and this is the procedure. And we often miss the mark of the human transaction or the human interaction giving us the, the best advice on standards of excellence. And recently this came up coming out of COVID in the menu creation process here at our property for our restaurant. And many times here and at other places, um, menus are done by sitting around with a chef and there's egos involved. There's a bunch of people sitting around saying, well, we should have this on the menu. And I heard people like that. There may be even a study group where there's a small group that looks and tries your food and says what they like or don't like. But really the standard of excellence for what we provide our guests in terms of food, in terms of style of food, in terms of satisfaction of why they're coming there with the food that we're serving can be provided best by either the guest or our frontline employee who's there at the point of impact gathering the information. They're the ones who should establish a standard of excellence in how we perform in terms of um, creating a menu and, and how we perform in its execution, what it looks like, and literally what it tastes like. Have you learned by experience that the guest needs to be engaged in this? A lot of learning has come out of COVID and uh, a lot of new learning and new an opportunity to learn in a new way has come out of COVID. And coming out of COVID, we sat around creating menus, again, what we thought should be, but we really started talking to our staff about getting feedback from the clientele that's coming in the hotel as to what we're serving. And we are driven to figure out who's coming back and what do they want. We thought, and what we learned was what people wanted was something familiar and something comfortable coming out of COVID. And we learned this by giving the same speech to our staff saying, look, We need to make our guests happy in the sense of they need to be in a comfortable place. They're coming in with anxiety. They need to feel like they're in a place of safety, of familiarity. And the only way for us to understand that is to get feedback from our guests. So the staff created a book or a log of food feedback And what we did was when a positive or negative comment was made about food, we recorded it and we shared it with the management team. We shared it with our culinary team, certainly, about what people loved and what people didn't like. And who were they? Were they families? Was it a corporate road warrior? Was it a convention? Um, Was it a baseball team? And, And recorded the people, what they had, what they liked, what they didn't like. 
And we gave, um, got that feedback in order to shape the menu, but we also gave our employees the rationale for why we were doing it. And that was so that we could land the right food for the right times coming out of COVID that people wanted. And the idea and what was explained was that it will increase revenue, it will have them come back, it'll drive sales, It'll give customer satisfaction. It'll put more pot money in the pockets of our employees. And we'll land a menu not based on ego, but based on customer needs. And because you give someone an understanding of the general purpose, and they, they're given the respect of understanding that, they're buying into that concept. And they're working towards an end. And that explaining the standard of what we're doing and the goal of why we're doing it gets us to that excellence that we're so so looking for. So you really take the ownership and spread it around. It's not just the chef who is creating a menu, but it is the team that are at the point of impact with the guest helping to design a menu. How often does that happen in a restaurant? I don't know that it happens too often. I mean, the the ownership piece is is something that's shared with our by our chefs uh without ego i keep bringing up the word ego because so many things are driven by somebody's vision of what it should be rather than the feedback from the people that are working hardest to engage the people that come through the front door so our culinary team sits at a table once a week and we get the feedback from line employees at a management meeting we bring line employees in who open the book give us the feedback and and then we create. We create menus around it. So chefs aren't tied to their ideas. They're tied to success of the hotel, success of the employees, success of the owner, and the satisfaction of the guests. And where those ideas come from could be anybody sitting at that table. And they're not, they, 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 again, no ego attached to it. How does the chef interact with all of this feedback? Now, I know you welcome, you said he welcomes the feedback, but... How does he take the feedback directly from the customer and create his magic? Well, you know, the, the chef will take it and he'll take a kernel of this and a kernel of that. He may craft the menu item a little bit differently. Um, he's, he's not, uh, he will not ignore the feedback. He'll, he'll look at it. He'll take the item. He'll change it around to what it could be. He'll eliminate it and bring something on depending on what the demand is. If it's looking for something more comfortable and familiar, he'll change this, the flavor profile or the spices in, in it. And he, he's flexible with it, surprisingly. There are other chefs uh, that, uh, you know, I've worked with and the image of chefs having, you know, people the customer not understanding their food and then throwing something across the kitchen and cursing uh, <laughs> the customer not understanding is... Is not where we're at. It's a different world coming out of COVID. Dan, how cool is it to have people that are so willing to work together in order to create a masterpiece of food that is what the customer wants and will come back for? And everybody had input into that. But there's multiple transactions that occur in this process. And it is a process. It's a process of feedback. And that process of feedback from the guest up through the restaurant employees to the chef to the creation of the food, how does all of those transactions become, how do they become a standard of excellence? We establish it as a standard. The process itself 
it becomes a standard. There is a standard meeting time to give feedback. There's a standard form to give feedback. There's a system in place for everybody to get involved with forming the standard of excellence. So we get past egos. In fact, chefs, the chef will tell you that this process is, is liberating because it allows them to nail down items much tighter and sell their, their, their creations even more and, 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 and work to make it a better food item. It also works to eliminate food items that are dragging down the menu uh, that people don't want, but that are maybe attached to egos. So it's liberating for the chef to be able to move forward with new ideas and new items and, and get rid of the old and, and, and toss aside things that aren't working. That piece is that feedback to him is very, very valuable, and he's getting it from the front line, not just from a spreadsheet that tells you what's selling, but really why is or isn't it selling, and what is the customer telling us. It's the system that's, that provides us that standard of excellence is also something that the server partakes in, in the sense that they are encouraged and empowered to give feedback. And again, it's a standard. It's part of their job. It's what they do, but they understand the reason why and what the end goal is for both the chef and for them and for the company. It's about mining the information for success. Um, it's about using a standard that we establish so that everything becomes excellent. Now, um, the food, the experience, everything to drive the customer back. And coming out of COVID, understanding where people were in their heads and what was going to make them comfortable enough to come into our restaurant and to return was a communal effort. It just wasn't going to be one person, the chef, driving what's best for the customer. It was really about how do we get out of this hole together and how do we do it with, with no drama and how do we do it um, as a team uh, to get where we need to be um, to satisfy both the guests, to satisfy each other in our success between management, proper communication between management and the kitchen team and the service staff. We're all together thinking about how to be successful. In the end, um, we all win with that. So let's look at humanized profit. Humanized profit as a strategy uh, is performance, resilience, ownership, freedom, innovation, and transaction. And just in this story alone, you have touched on so many pieces of the strategy that have to be in place in order to create and then communicate standards Certainly. of excellence. You have performance. They have to perform, right? They have to own a piece. Everybody in this transaction piece has to own a piece of the communication sure. and how they do it, right? They're, they certainly also have to understand what their expectation is of what they need to do for this to be successful. That's part of that performance piece. And certainly um, uh, the communication of, of why we have the standard and giving the employee the respect of that is, is important for their empowerment. They're allowed to own it because they've ex been explained what it is and educated why and the greater purpose, and they own it. They are now focused on the transaction piece in Humanized Profit. They're understanding how each and every transaction with that guest can lead to a more profitable situation for them and for the hotel. So there's a lot of moving pieces here, and, and they're given um, respect, and they're given freedom to give that feedback in, in a way that's productive with upper management or with the chef. When does a line employee ever sit down at a table with a chef and say, you know what, chef, that doesn't quite hit the mark? Not because they say it doesn't, the server say, but let me open up a book of what we're seeing. Let's not waste time on this item anymore. Let's move forward. That kind of communication in, in the restaurant world 
doesn't happen uh, on, on the regular. Um, it just doesn't happen. Things come on from on high or from a chef. It doesn't come from the line employee. Humanized profit access, asks us to look at the human piece and drive profit by doing so. And that means it comes from the dishwasher, from the guy who washes the glasses behind the bar. It comes from the busboy. It comes from uh, the busboy who hears the conversation at the table. It comes from the server. It comes from the bartender, the hostess, the line employees feeding us that information. And then it comes from the, the, the skilled culinary side too as well. So humanized profit looks at, in this case, looks at every human involved in the process and how we establish standards of excellence together to drive profit. So you're engaging, you're inclusive, they are performing and able to speak their minds with the freedom that they're not going to be shot down by the chef. Right. And the chef can take all of this and create his or her right. magic as He's well. He's still the expert. Right. He's still the culinary professional that we are not. And he is the, then charged with the responsibility of now owning all that information and doing something with it. Um, and, um, and our chef here has decided to embrace the process so that he can move forward with, with his menu and never stay stagnant. And those standards of excellence are going to change all the time, aren't yeah. they? And as long as they change and through an engagement process rather than a directive process, that's humanized profit. Indeed. Thanks, Dan, for telling us another great story that illustrates the power of humanizing profit. And for those of you that can possibly hear a piano playing in the background, I do record these podcasts at the Doubletree Hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania, and there are several pianos around the hotel where guests uh, can come in and just kind of sit and play the piano. I'm not sure if you can pick that up on this audio or not, but if you do hear it, that's what's happening. I'm Tony Reese. Thank you for following us and listening to Humanize Profit. Share with your friends and colleagues, and until next time, take it easy. Easy.